Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and I'm the creator of the show Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake because none of us have time to exercise and work out. And me, I'm probably shaking a little bit more than I wish I were. This is going to be a community-hosted podcast, not by me, but by a collection of women all over the country who are going to share their stories, struggles, and solutions, some with their own guests on their episodes, some without. Each one will be a wonderful sampler of a story that you can relate to or that might help you. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Moms don't have time to move and shake. Get moving. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. My name is Christy Wilbanks, and I am excited to be one of the community hosts for this podcast. I am a 200-hour registered yoga teacher, certified health coach, certified behavior change specialist, and certified group exercise instructor. I have a master's degree in psychology and extensive expertise in human resources and corporate wellness. I'm also a mom to two teenagers and two rescue dogs and an avid reader. Today, I'm excited to interview Ananta Ripa Ajamera, who is an award-winning author, spiritual teacher, Ayurveda practitioner, and co-founder and CEO of The Ancient Way, an organization that supports you to embody ancient wisdom in a way that unfolds your true self. The Ancient Way offers a spiritual warrior certification program, Ayurveda wellness ambassador program, and spiritual wellness retreats. Ananta is host of the True to Yourself podcast and serves as advisor of Ayurveda at The Well, a modern integrative wellness space where she writes articles, offers workshops, and works with a team of integrative medical practitioners. She is author of The Way of the Goddess, Daily Rituals to Awaken Your Inner Warrior and Discover Your True Self, and the award-winning book, The Ayurveda Way, 108 Practices from the World's Oldest Healing System for Better Sleep, Less Stress, Optimal Digestion, and more. Her work has been featured on Fox News, ABC News, and in Forbes Magazine, Newsweek, Harper's Bazaar, Vogue Magazine, Well Plus Good, Yoga Journal, Reader's Digest, Spirituality and Health Magazine, New York Magazine, Mind Body Green, and Elephant Journal. Ananda introduced Ayurveda to Stanford Medicine and led staff trainings at prisons throughout California. She's also taught at UNICEF, California Department of Public Health, New York Insight Meditation Society, Sedona Yoga Festival, NYU, SFSU, ABC News, and Mother Earth News Fairs. Hi, Ananta. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. I am so excited to talk to you today about your new book, The Way of the Goddess, Daily Rituals to Awaken Your Inner Warrior. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to connect with you. Yes, it is. And I've been so excited to talk to you. First of all, your book is gorgeous. It is beautifully written. It is beautifully illustrated. So congratulations. You must be so proud. Thank you so much. It's definitely been the most intense project I've ever worked on in my entire life. And I'm so grateful for all the support that I had from my team to create it because I could have never done it myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a beautiful, I just loved reading it. It's just a joy to 
of course, read the words, but then also to, to look at the pictures as well. So for our listeners, can you give an overview of what the book is about and what they might expect to learn and take away from reading your book? Sure, yeah. So the book is about the hero's journey that the warrior mother goddess Durga goes on in the Vedic spiritual tradition of yoga and Ayurveda. It is a journey to basically develop nine spiritual superpowers, which are represented by nine different avatars of this warrior mother goddess per the ancient Indian mythology. These nine powers are in order, the power of stability, creativity, transformation, love, voice, intuition, transcendence or truth, rejuvenation, and intention. And basically the book is full of different step-by-step processes for how you can develop these powers, including how I personally have been able to develop them in my life, as well as nine rituals per chapter that you can try to evoke these powers in your day-to-day life. Great job summarizing. And obviously, I'm sure you've been doing this as you're promoting the book, but there's so much information, so much wisdom shared. So that was a a really wonderful job of paring it down in just a few sentences to give the readers an idea of what they can expect to learn and take away from the book. So well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. So take us back to when you started your transformational journey or your spiritual journey. What was going on in your life at the time? And what motivated you to start making these changes? Yeah, for me, it really began in college when I went to college at New York University. I was in business school, and I feel that the journey really began with the seed of a question, which then led me on a quest. And the question was inspired by the fact that I was enrolled in a social entrepreneurship scholarship program at the business school. This scholarship program defined social entrepreneurship as creating pattern-breaking change in a sustainable way that can be scaled into the world. And I really turned that outwardly-centered definition of social entrepreneurship inward and asked myself, how can I create pattern-breaking change in a sustainable way in my own life and then be able to scale those changes into the work I feel called to do in the world? Then I immediately almost went to India after asking this question, where I met a young girl named Lakshmi, who is named after the most widely worshipped Hindu goddess of wealth. This girl, Lakshmi, had gone through a lot of abuse in the community and had been sent to the orphanage school to be able to get an education to improve her life and come out of what she had gone through. And it just really struck me that in India, we worship goddess Lakshmi, and yet this girl here named after Lakshmi was treated just the opposite. And I wondered why can we not internalize this idea of the goddess and actually discover 
that power within ourselves as a way to heal from all the abuse that goes on, especially towards female identifying people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. How much time did you spend in India? Well, that was a pretty brief trip during college over winter break. After I graduated from college, I decided to go for a six-month trip as long as the visa would allow for so that I could complete my yoga teacher training program. And then that led to discovering the whole science of Ayurveda for how to live a healthy lifestyle. And then that just became the beginning of so many years of really deep study of Ayurveda, yoga, and the Vedanta spiritual philosophy, which underlies yoga and Ayurveda. And that continues even until today. I still study every day. I listen to audio recordings of this 95-year-old Indian teacher named Swami Parthasarthi, who's considered a philosopher saint and one of a hundred Indian saints, basically. And he's just really done an amazing job of translating Vedanta to make it applicable to daily life in a simple way, in an easy way. So it's a lifelong study. And now I've been on this path really in a deeply committed way since the past 12 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that you did really well in the book. Also, you took all of this ancient wisdom and these ancient stories from the Bhagavad Gita and distilled them down to something that someone can learn from and that would resonate with with someone who might not have any prior knowledge of yoga or Ayurveda or the Bhagavad Gita. That was really important to me because these ancient wisdom traditions are meant to be lived, they're meant to be practiced, and they're meant to be shared with everyone regardless of what you identify with as far as your gender goes, as far as your religious background goes. These are universal teachings. They are meant for everyone and anyone who is looking to improve themselves, who is looking to support themselves, who is looking to also overcome difficulties in their life in a way that is going to feel holistic and supportive and empowering. And I just felt that that's what I got from all of this. It was never my original idea, believe me, to go and study all this ancient Indian wisdom, though I am of Indian origin. I never understood why we even have so many gods and goddesses growing up, going to the Hindu temples. I felt that the whole thing was very confusing. And yet that confusion that I felt, I think also gave birth to the question, which then led to discovery of so many things about myself, about my roots, and also about the common truths of life and humanity, which transcend culture, religion, etc. So it really, all of this knowledge that I teach has really set me free, first and foremost. And it really is like that fulfillment or completion of the intention to be able to create that sustainable pattern-breaking change within my own life and then be able to now share that through the book and through podcast interviews and teaching classes and you know different ways to disseminate the knowledge. I feel that now I'm, I'm actually fulfilling that intention. And I know it's still just the beginning, but it feels 
like a beautiful circle. And the book also starts with that circular dance called the Garba dance, which you do in a circle. And it's done in a group formation of a circle. And I just feel that that dance, I never understood. And yet now, when I even think about it, when I read about it, I just can't help but have tears in my eyes because it's taken on such a profound significance about the cycles of life and about the constant regeneration of life and also the potential and the power that we each have within ourselves to give birth to a new reality and to really give birth to our own true, full, authentic self. And that's now my mission is to continue to be on this path, you know, of really being true to myself. And then by my example, being able to inspire other people to believe that this is possible for them to, to also come out of any darkness and mm. discover that true self yeah. with it all, you know? Yeah, that's wonderful. You share a lot in the book about your own past and challenges that you've had, including including challenges with in your relationship with your parents, childhood trauma, you know, challenges in romantic relationships. When you started writing the book, did you plan to be so open and vulnerable? I mean, it really is, you know, a lot of vulnerability that you've shared all of this in your book. So was that always part of the plan in writing the book or did that come about through the process? Both, you know, I felt that it was important to share the healing I had gone through in all of those relationships because I feel that all of our relationships are great teachers mm-hmm. of spirituality and that really bring to life the teachings for us in a way that is maybe otherwise not accessible. And I wanted to help people to see that these kinds of challenges in our very closest relationships can be catalysts for incredible transformation. So I felt that because I had gone through all of these things and come out of it, that it was important to share as a form of medicinal storytelling And because I always wished someone would share these kinds of things with me. And so it just felt important to be able to offer that. Then as I was writing the book, it just became so interwoven into the whole thing to also build trust in the reader that I'm not just saying do all of this in a prescriptive way because I'm an author and I get certain authority for being an author. I felt that I needed to share my experiences in order to practice what I believe is true leadership, which is only by personal example, not just by theory. A lot of people are there preaching great theories, you know, putting them out in lots of different ways. And I never fully resonated with that. I believe theory is helpful and it's important, but I also believe that it's our personal example that really counts at the end of the day. So it felt that, you know, even at moments where I'm like, oh, wow, everyone who reads this is going to know this. I was like, yeah, that's true, because this isn't just about me. This is actually my way of also voicing what so many people experience, but 
perhaps don't have the ability to express or the opportunity to express. And I just felt a lot of times when writing it, first of all, I know I'm not alone. And secondly, I'm going to realize that more and more, I feel, as I put this story forward and really own that authentic truth, I felt, felt that I would give permission to a lot of other people to be able to share their own true stories. We all need someone to go first. So I felt that as an author, it was important to be that person to just go first and just do it because this wisdom anyways has helped me to accomplish it in my own life. But then why just keep all that healing and all the treasures of the actual embodied experiences of that to myself when I have a platform through this book to actually share with people and inspire people. And as I have proceeded with the book, it's amazing because this year I decided to teach a program in my organization, The Ancient Way, called the Spiritual Warrior Certificate Program. I started teaching it in April. The book only just came out in September. So I had almost six months to be sharing parts of the book with my students this year and walking them through each chapter and my experiences. And I've already seen so much how that has really opened the door for so much authentic, vulnerable, courageous, heartfelt sharing amongst them and how that really builds a container of trust and community that I feel is so important for healing, which, Mm -hmm. you know, is not always there. A lot of times people feel that they're the only one going through something really difficult with their parents or with romantic relationships or friends or, you know, any other kind of situation within themselves. You know, that's the biggest one of all, the biggest relationship of all. And so when we know, actually, no, it's not just me, it's that person, it's that person and unexpected people, you know, going through similar stuff that we are, then I feel when we come with the intention of also sharing healing, sharing intentions even towards healing, if we've not experienced the healing yet, I just feel that that also creates an amazing container for transformation, growth, and empowerment. And I've really seen it and experienced it with my students. And I know that it's not just my own experience that's helping them, but also being able to hear each other share about their experiences and what they're going through and how they're working with this book and the knowledge and lessons and practices that it contains to be Mm -hmm. able to put it into practice in different situations with different backgrounds and contexts than I may have had. So I feel like that's the opportunity also that telling all these stories has given me. And I'm so happy to have these students who are almost now completing the program be ready to support more people who will read the book to actually go on these journeys. First of all, face the truth for their own self, right? That's Mm -hmm. often the hardest thing of all to do. And then to have some steps to follow and also support to know that there are people there who've gone through this and who can support you, not just by theory, but by their example too. Right. Yeah. Definitely gives your your words and your wisdom more weight for readers and your students, it sounds like, to know your own journey and the challenges that you've 
worked to overcome or are working to overcome and heal through your own experience. So that gives, as you said, more weight to the readers to know that you've been through that and more opportunity for them to learn from you and then feel supported and not feel so alone. So thank you for sharing those stories. I loved the way you structured the book. So let me just go over a little bit of the structure. So each chapter is tied to a verse or verses and stories from the Bhagavad Gita. And you you talked about that earlier. You share about a different goddess and the power that each goddess represents and how that ties into the chapter. You tie each chapter to a chakra or for those who aren't familiar with chakras, energy centers in the body that help us regulate emotional, physical, mental, spiritual well-being and bring those into balance. You also incorporate your your own personal stories, as you were just talking about. And then each chapter concludes with different rituals, practices, tips, changes that the reader can use to make some of these changes for themselves. So, and hopefully I represented that correctly. You can feel free to correct me if I I misspoke on anything. But I loved the way you tied it all together in a really natural and smooth flowing way. Was was that the structure that you started with or did that come about in throughout the writing process or in the end? That was actually really hard to be able to tie all those things together. We definitely had a lot of different components to each step, each power, each goddess, each chapter that needed to be really carefully woven together in terms of the mythological storytelling, the personal storytelling, the inventory process to see where you're at with each power, and then the step-by-step processes as well as the actual practices that you can do. The way I started the book was actually to write all the practices first. I basically wrote half of the book over the winter break when I had gotten the contract from Penguin Random House. It was a quiet winter break because it was 2020, the pandemic, nobody went anywhere. And I just got to write. So that was pretty much done within a couple weeks because I had been posting a lot on Instagram and realized, oh, a lot of these posts can become practices that people can do. So that part was pretty straightforward. And then the mythological stories was also pretty easy to do because I had heard them in the oral tradition. And then there are lots of sources for how they're shared even online. So doing that research and, you know, filling in the details and consulting a priest to be able to know if all the accuracy is there was okay. You know, it was the step-by-step processes and especially my own personal journey to weave into it that was actually quite challenging. And I was really grateful to have a editor support me with the manuscript writing process. She actually helped me with the proposal writing. And then she was there to support me to bring out my voice in the process of drafting the whole manuscript. So we definitely had a lot of dialogues We had a lot of back and forth, a a lot of questions. She really didn't have much of a background in all of this. And I think that was an incredible asset to have a person 
constantly working on this with me who had no idea of what this was and couldn't really fill in anything for me without asking me what was what and where things should go. So because she had so much experience doing ghostwriting for people in the past, she knew though how the structure should flow and what kind of questions to ask me. And I think I just learned so much from working with her and, you know, not taking for granted certain things about even the mythological stories for a reader who wouldn't be familiar with all of this. So I think, you know, teamwork and collaboration, again, is so, so helpful and important for any journey that we go on. You know, in the mm-hmm. in the Vedic spiritual tradition, we have what Swamiji, Swami Parthasarathy calls the three C's for achieving anything in life. And these are concentration, which means to actually be in the present moment, not mm-hmm. revisiting the past or going into the future. And then we needed to have consistency, right? So this took a lot of consistency. It took four years and a lot of attempts on the proposal before my literary agent said, yes, it's ready for publishers. (laughs) We really had to keep on iterating and iterating and clarifying and, you know, just keep at it for a long time consistently. And then the third part of achieving, you know, success in life is cooperation. You do need the help of other people and what they bring to the table to really be able to do anything, even express your own self and your own stories and your Mm -hmm. own knowledge, you know? So it's actually quite humbling and also empowering. And, you know, I made a friend in the process by working with this amazing editor and my agent was really she was hard to please and that was a great support because she knew how to get it to the level it needed to be in order to be accepted by such a wonderful publisher as Penguin Random House. So it really took a lot. And prior to getting connected with this editor, I went through two other editors before that and it wasn't quite working, you know? So it wasn't until the third try that we really got it, but it was just staying the course and knowing this kind of formula, you know, that I need to just be here now. It's not about anything I've ever done in the past. This is a new experience and I need to keep at it and keep practicing, right? Keep clarifying, keep rethinking, keep clarifying and clarifying and clarifying Mm -hmm. and then it was like listening and learning and seeing what I had to share through other people's perspectives and other people's eyes and I just knew that I needed to advocate for the story going in there and along the way you know few people questioned me that are you sure you're okay like comfortable with sharing all this, even my own publisher at the end was like, are you sure, you know, once you hit submit, you can never take the words back. And I was like, yeah, but you know, we've really worked so hard at it and not just me, but you know, this whole team that it felt that the stories were truly in service of the truth and of the wisdom. And that was what was really important was to include them for that purpose. Right. I mean, it's of course, extremely therapeutic just to write. And I do have my students always write their experiences because we do get that incredible clarity and insight into our own self, our own Mm -hmm. mind, our own habits, our own patterns, right? To be able to change them. We first have to know them. To be able to know them, we have to know ourselves. So I think just writing in this raw, authentic, personal way is just very therapeutic in and of itself. It gives us a lot of 
fodder for growth. But then, you know, we went through drafts and drafts and drafts. So a lot of what I wrote actually from my personal experiences isn't even in the book. And that was totally amazing to have it eliminated. I was like, I'm so happy I wrote all this. I'm so glad I turned it in. I'm so happy that they astutely took it out, you know, (laughs) because it was all important. It needed to be written and needed to be shared and it needed to be deleted, you know, and I can exactly see why all of those things were so necessary and why we have to give our all in the karma yoga teachings of the Bhagavad Gita and spirituality. We give our all and we totally let go of what happens as a result. It's very difficult for us to do in this modern world, which is so obsessed with outcomes, Mm -hmm. but when we can really do it, and this book was my test after test after test after test of really doing it, it seems to really work. And I feel that this is all a testament to that. And every test that I've been receiving through this process of writing the book, getting it published and now promoting it has been beyond rewarding because it's not even just for me now. It's shared with so many people and it's being received by so many people who are really benefiting from it. And that's Mm -hmm. what feels so satisfying to know that all that thought and care and iteration and being fully in it and then fully letting go of what happens as a result of it, knowing that that's not in my control is going to yield something even greater than I could have ever imagined possible. And I went Mm -hmm. through that again and again. And even with my parents, they were really supportive, actually, when I told them that I had written about our journeys and transformations. They were happy. They were happy also to be acknowledged for the growth that they have gone through along with me. Mm -hmm. And They are supporting the book so much. They're sharing it with their friends. They are organizing an event for me this Sunday at the same Hindu temple where the book opens in the beginning, which is just kind of surreal, you know, like, wow, I didn't even know if it would be okay, right, to write these stories. But then to have their support in this way is like, wow, you know, and then other people reading it and feeling inspired by them and honoring them is like, wow, you know, stuff I would have never, I never really went there to think what would come out of it. But I just felt that I'm a spiritual warrior and my agenda is being of service to the truth, which sets us all free. And I knew that by writing it, I was feeling more and more of that freedom and more and more of that inner power and that real spiritual transformation occurring, even writing this book itself, because I went into it in such a deep way and in such an intense way of really just doing it without thinking so much about what was going to happen in regards to anything and everything that could happen, it really became such a catalyst for my own transformation in the process, mm-hmm. you know, because I've yeah. really come a long way, even in terms of embodying all that I've written myself in the past nine months, 10 months, 11 months since I turned in the manuscript. And I think, Mm. you know, as authors, sometimes we receive these downloads through our intuition, we write them, but then we maybe have a part of ourselves that has not fully understood even what we have downloaded. Mm. So because I've known that 
through writing a book in the past and, you know, working with different authors and teachers, I made that conscious decision with this one that, okay, first of all, first and foremost, even if it never gets published, it was worth the effort because it was for that transformation. And then it was like, okay, I'm so grateful. I got such an incredible publisher on board. I got paid to do this. Like what? I got paid to go on my journey of transformation. And so then I'm like, okay, and now I did it. I wrote it and I've created an amazing map and I got to keep going deeper and deeper into it myself so that I can keep on living it and keep embodying it and allow it to keep transforming me. So that's been such an amazing experience to be continuously working with this myself and just unlocking so many more new things than I ever could have again imagined even would be possible and just seeing things a lot more quickly you know like I wrote about signs and symptoms of if you're dealing with a narcissist and I feel like I've I've dealt with many in my life and yet now because I've written it I've really contemplated it. I've been with that. Now when I see people in situations, I get those red flags a lot quicker Mm -hmm. than I would have otherwise, right? So it's like expediting things. It's moving things along in a more efficient way. And so, you know, it again just goes back to that question that how is it going to transform me first? And then in that process, you know, share with people Mm -hmm. about it and invite them basically to go on this journey as well, because it is a journey. There's no such thing as arriving, right? It's like we arrive at a new level to keep growing into something else. And that's, you know, what it's all about, the journey, the process, the cycle. Yeah. Well, Ananta, thank you so much. As I mentioned in the beginning, it's a beautiful book, so much wisdom shared and all the hard work, you could tell, you know, that all the hard work was definitely worth it. It comes through in in the beautiful writing and the gorgeous illustrations. So I recommend all of our listeners go out and grab a copy. And whether it's a small spiritual journey or transformation that they want to make or a big one like you did, then the book will serve as a guide to them to, to get them started and support them on the way. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to share with you. I really appreciate your support. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Get moving.